It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strelko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello. Trace, uh, good to talk to you. Coming up on the fastest UCF show around, there's a new roof on top of UCF football. We'll break down Ted Roof's return to UCF, good move or not. UCF basketball splitting the Texas road trip, including an apology from a Texas coach. Plus, is it okay to skip a UCF sporting event to watch a play? We'll explain all of that coming up on this edition of Around the Kingdom. I feel like that may be aimed at me. Before we get going, let's welcome in Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF. Keeps us on our toes by keeping an eye on the clock. Adam, hello to you. Hey, guys, it's Adam. Hey, I usually try to come up with something witty, uh, but Elo just took the show there with that. I can't follow that with uh, with any <laughs> wittiness, so I'm just going to go tuck my tail and hide in the green room while we wait for the show to start. Uh, we will check back with you in a few. Elo, you mentioned it off the top. Raise the roof. Reaction to you as you've had opportunity now over the last couple of days to the news that uh, new defensive coordinator Ted Roof is a part of the Knights coaching staff. Addison Williams still with the Knights, now an associate head coach, co-defensive coordinator. What do you make of all of this? It's so fascinating because we talked during the season, there was people that you know made the suggestion, hey, we need more experienced coach on the defensive side of the ball, maybe to help out Addison Williams. I don't know if you were in that camp or not, Trace, during the season. Well, here's Gus's answer to that, bringing Ted Roof, who he coached with at Auburn, they're on the same staff when they won the national title when Gene Chizik was the head coach and Gus was the offensive coordinator and Ted Roof was a defensive coordinator. One other, I, I, I understand that. I like the concept. Ted Roof just came from Oklahoma, from what I've been told, had a year with $1.2 million left on his deal in Oklahoma when they parted ways. So I wonder if UCF's getting him on a discount because maybe Oklahoma owes him some money. I don't know that, but I do know his discount. So when you consider all those things, Trace, I understand the concept. Whether Ted's the right guy or not remains to be seen. Well, you know, Gus Malzahn has comfortability with him because of the familiarity of having worked with him before. So there's that comfort factor. Certainly a seasoned veteran. You look at his resume. He's been a lot of places. Now he doesn't stay very long and was let go at Oklahoma. Oklahoma struggled against the run, uh, did well in other areas, turnovers and, and the passing game. But he does bring some gravitas there, right? He does help Addison Williams. 
Maybe Addison Williams was in that job a little too soon, maybe a year earlier. You heard from Jason Johnson on the Sons of UCF podcast talking about how they changed up the run fits uh, every week. And you wonder if that's just some inexperience. This is also showing me that the Knights think they have some potential to make some noise in the Big 12 in 2024. And Gus is looking to stabilize what he considered a little bit of a shaky area. I'm curious, and we'll find out eventually when the coaches talk, is who's calling the plays defensively? Is it Ted? Is it going to be Addison? Uh, and I wonder, and we'll never know the answer to this, Trace. If it was up to me, I like Gus's idea. I just would have made a different phone call. I would have called Gene Chizik, who I think would have been of interest. Now, in fairness, we don't know if that call was made. We don't know if Gene's ego would have wanted to come here as a defense coordinator because we know in the past he, he's been open about it. Wanting the, he wanted the UCF head coaching job, didn't get it. So maybe he would never have come. Maybe that's not realistic. But that's the only question. How much does Ted Roof have? I will say this. I'm confident this stint will last longer than his last stint at UCF. I'm confident that uh, we'll be more successful from that. Was that 33 days is what yeah. you're saying there? Yeah. But, you know, players like Addison Williams, he's strong as a recruiter, so they keep him in the fold. And he's a young guy, so you have to think that the best is ahead for him. It's comfortability for Gus Malzahn. We'll see if it pays off in 2024. Well, no doubt, and he's got more responsibilities with his new title. Of course, you've got to add some defensive talent, and UCF has done that. And the latest they've added is Ethan Barr, linebacker out of Vanderbilt, is coming over to UCF. Uh, Trace, your thoughts here? This is, it looks like a big boost for the defense. It seems to me that the change from a year ago in the portal is that the Knights are going with guys that have gotten a lot of snaps, that have played a lot of football, more experienced guys. And this guy uh, certainly has, uh, having been at Vanderbilt, uh, two-time team captain, more than 200 career tackles, four years during his career. So an experienced guy, and that's what the Knights have been leaning on in the portal class, which, as we talked about in the last show, on three has UCF ranked top 10 in portal class. Again, that's on paper. We'll see how it translates. Is it the biggest boost of the defense? It is certainly addressing an area of need that we saw this past season. Kind of a more conservative approach. Know what you have versus the unknown, right? Maybe a year or two you go for that potential side of a guy that didn't play but has upside, but turns out you you know that upside was not warranted, right? You know what you're getting in Ethan Barn. I think that's a good thing for this defense that needs that. And the more sound players you have because I think the defensive line has got to be the strength of this defense moving forward the youngsters that you have internally but you have an experienced guy like Ethan Barr he could be your Jason Johnson if you will and I so I think that's a good movie you know what's interesting about him we could thank Nick Saban for getting him he was going to go to Washington <laughs> to play for Kalen DeBoer and commit there but except Nick Saban retires Kalen DeBoer goes to Alabama so they th he, he decommits from Washington, and now he's coming to UCF. So thank you, Nick Saban, for helping UCF out. Well, the way you mentioned that, Gus Malzahn talked about a couple of weeks ago when the presser to uh, showcase K.J. Jefferson that he would come back before the media but expected more activity in the transfer portal because of coaching changes. We see it play out here. Uh, so another move that the Knights are making to shore up an area of weakness in this past season. Uh, well, this sets, of course, the expectations game, Elo. Uh, I I have been reluctant to embrace as Night Nation does nine and three, ten and two. They're going to contend for the Big Twelve, but with the moves being made, KJ Jefferson amongst them uh, certainly has raised expectations. Boom or bust kind of season for Gus Malzahn could be big, or is it more middling for Gus Malzahn? 
I think it has to be big, right? Like you got KJ Jefferson, who I think everybody agrees is a great fit here for this offense. So you don't have any more questions at the quarterback room. I would argue you, you've upgraded there. You get RJ Harvey back in the running back. So you're solid there. Yes, you lose Javon Baker, but you return Kobe Hudson. You've got Xavier Townsend there. Your receiver good. You return some offensive linemen. This might be the best offense he's had since he's been at UCF by a mile. If you can upgrade some things defensively, this team can contend and at least have a successful 8-9 win season. I really do believe, Trace, from that standpoint, it's almost like Gus is putting his all his chips in. Because we could talk about five years from now and three years. I think Gus is in a win-now mode. I don't think he's thinking about five years from now. He's like, let's win next year. Well, not only the changes in talent, right, the upgrades that you talk about, K.J. Jefferson versus John Rice Plumley, but the schedule, which Gus Malzahn made mention of quite a bit over the season, the most miles traveled, seven home games, the game in Gainesville, just four trips uh, outside for UCF, West Virginia, that's a, a fairly easy trip, East Coast, uh, so not the long trip to Boise, so a more favorable schedule, upgrades at positions. And you look at some of the losses, right? The Baylor debacle, close loss to Texas Tech. Not making excuses for losses, but there were some close ones in there, right? Maybe a more veteran guy as a defensive coordinator in Ted Roof. Maybe you just you cut down uh, some of those things a little bit, and those margins give you a couple more wins. Well, that's a fantastic point you just made, and I think that's something that's very underrated. This year, you have only four conference road trips. The following year, you're going to have five conference road trips. So you're going to travel more every other year. That's a valid point you make. Take advantage of this. This might be the most uh, best schedule you have from a travel standpoint in this decade. Uh, we'll see, depending how the way the sport is going with the growth of the leagues. That's another reason why he's putting all his chips in next year, because the year after you're going to have to get a new quarterback, whether it's in internally, you're going to probably have a new starting running back. You're going to have to replace a lot of pieces on that offense. It might be a rebuild. And I know you can rebuild on the fly with the portal, but it should be a tougher schedule in two years with from a traveling standpoint. We'll find out more next week. We just we've learned from media outlets that the Big 12 will announce their schedule next week. So we'll have a better idea for this schedule, Trace. But take advantage of it. Gotta go all in. It is boom or bust, I think, for UCF next year. I'm gonna go back to something I've talked about in a previous show. Gus Malzahn averages four losses a season. So to me, the uh, floor here, eight and four, can he beat that, Hilo? Well, you can get to the conference title game with four losses. UCF saw, showed that a couple years ago in the American. And one of the reasons they hope to get to the conference championship game is because of A.J. Jefferson, Trace, who was showcased on the billboards. <laughs> I don't know, what? Uh, Trace, what do you feel about your uh, quarterback getting uh, the billboard? I don't know if this was part of the deal for him to come or not. I don't recall, but uh, do you have an issue? Are you like this? Do you not like it? What do you think of uh, K.J. Jefferson being highlighted on the billboard? Put, put, pushing the uh, envelope, if you will, is the hype machine for K.J. Jefferson. As all old forms of technology and media go away, the death of newspapers, the rotary phone, it's good to know the billboard <laughs> remains a constant. We still have the billboard, Elo. I wonder what the other transfers or the other recruits think of KJ getting all of the uh, the spotlight. Uh, he certainly comes in highly touted. A lot of pressure on his shoulders. We just talked about the expectations game. That's on Gus Malzahn, but it's also on KJ Jefferson to come in and be that upgrade over John Rice Plumley. I still think, depending on how he plays, obviously, that it wouldn't be hurt UCF to put a little push around a Heisman campaign. Maybe he doesn't get invited, but certainly the publicity that generated, you know how UCF is, uh, 
that uh, that brash upstart. I wouldn't mind a, a Heisman campaign around him, and so I'm fine with the billboards. Well, clearly the billboards suggest that he they look at him as the face of the team and the face of the program. Maybe if he gets off to a good start, you'll get your wish of the Heisman hype there. But my thing is, so are we going to do billboards for the other sports too? Can we just – last I checked, <laughs> we are in basketball season, Trace. I, I could be mistaken. I'll check the calendar again. That's my only thing is – you know, the timing was interesting to do that. And you mentioned it. If I'm, you know, is RJ Harvey getting the billboard? I don't know. Where's the money coming from on all this? Are we, are we good? But hey, at the same time, I can't complain because one of the things we've talked about, Trace, is UCF getting, quote, outside the bubble, right? And pushing the product, pushing the program and promoting it across the air, the region. That's a way to do it. And you just said something interesting. Maybe we save this as a topic for next week. Face of the program. Is it KJ Jefferson or is it RJ? Harvey, the face of this program. Let's bring him back off the sidelines. He is Adam Eaton. Time for some silliness, Adam. I'm not sure I'm the face, but I, I will take yeah. that compliment, Trace. All right, let's start with you this week, Eric. You're going to be first. We're going to start with some football. There was an email sent out this week to some season ticket holders about a survey, potentially with some upgrades coming to UCF Stadium. I assume this is on the heels of the tourist development funding. And there were some options available to you, including more premium seats, more concessions, better overall aesthetics. So Eric, start with you. If you could do one thing to upgrade UCF's football stadium, what would you want to do? I'm going to start calling you Mr. Insider. You get all this inside information. <laughs> You're the man, man. I tell you. Um, I'm going to say concessions because I, I, I have a lot of friends that go to the games in the stands. And that was a constant complaint about long lines, food running out. We, which well documented UCF Mike and his complaints on the podcast about certain foods they have and don't have. I don't want to get into all that. But you hot know, dogs. That's hot dogs. Get, upgrade the concessions. Give me more concessions. Trace. Does does the addition of the Lazy River count? Am I allowed to include that or the existing no, stadium no, infrastructure? You, yeah, you've already opined on the Lazy River. We know you were all <laughs> in on that. So oh, well yeah. documented. Let's let's talk actual stadium. Do you want a launch club, Trace. They're, they're talking about a launch club or a year-round club. You join, you have events, good seating. What do you think the bounce house needs from an upgrade standpoint? Uh, certainly better Wi-Fi. Uh, upgrade in that area. I put that ahead of concessions. Also, I think the change in stadiums, you see it across the country, more areas for socializing, more standing areas. You see it in soccer stadiums with the walls and the standing areas. I think if they could add in more premium areas like that where people can gather, drink, and have a good time watching the nights. I like hearing that. All right, let's get to the next question. Trace, I'll start with you. This is the Trace Troco special, by the way. Eric just mentioned, January 30th, we know the Big 12 schedule will be released, so we'll know who's playing who and where. If you could have anything you want to, Trace, you get one wish out of this UCF schedule. Maybe it's a matchup of, of a certain area, a certain time, day of the week, location. What do you want out of UCF's 2024 schedule? Not to go to Ames, Iowa in the dead of winter. Avoid a cold weather matchup in Ames would be my uh, my preference. Get them earlier one. on in the schedule. That's a good one. You saw how the Miami Dolphins fared in, uh, in Kansas City. Uh, sorry to bring that up to you, Eric. Uh, is there something on the schedule you want to see? First of all, you could tell, of course, Trace is worried about the weather. He's traveling to Ames, Iowa. Of course, he's going to pick the somebody weather. Is, somebody concern, asked right? <laughs> I'm going to say, let's get Colorado late in the season in prime time because by then I think Dion and the Buffaloes will be a wreck. They'll be kind of, and fall apart like they did this past year. So let's get them easy. Don't get them early when they're at the peak and they get off to a good start with Sanders, their quarterback and company. 
All right, let's pivot to basketball. Eric, I'll start with you. As we sit here today, the Big 12 Conference standings, UCF is 2-3. and three. Oklahoma State is 0-5. Here's your question, Eric. Who will finish the season with a better Big 12 Conference record? 0-5 Oklahoma State or 2-3 and three UCF? I said on this program before the basketball season, my bold prediction, UCF would not finish last. I'm not wavering from that, and I'm depending on you, Adam, who picked UCF to win in Stillwater to come through mm. for me and help us out by getting the head-to-head win over Oak State and lock it up. It'll be maybe a little closer, but yeah, I'm sticking with UCF ahead of Oak State. Trace, are you Mr. Positive and Mr. Negative? Do the UCF squander this lead? No, I feel good. I think the defense is built to last. I think the offense is going to give us headaches, uh, but uh, I think they can finish ahead of not only Oklahoma State, but maybe uh, a couple other teams along the way as well. Wow. All right. We'll take it. And last one, silly question time. Trace, I know you uh, you look at the calendar pretty closely. For those of you who are around and have uh, have any sort of social media, you know it is Girl Scout cookie time. That's right. <laughs> the Girl Scouts are out and about. They are selling you cookies. Trace, the best Girl Scout cookie is what? Thin mints, fresh out of the freezer. A little crisp to it. Wow. You said that really quickly as if, you, do you have any already? Are no, you prepared? No, okay. I've not, I have not seen any Girl Scouts outside my grocery <laughs> store yet. <laughs> but I'll flunk down a, a few dollars or whatever they're going for now for some thin minutes. It's a whole different show. Eric, the uh, Girl Scout cookie <laughs> of choice for you is what? I'm a traditionalist, man. Let's go chocolate chip. I'll give you another one just to be a little different. Even a little peanut butter version of a cookie wouldn't be a bad. I, I've had it from time to time from Girl Scouts. It's pretty unique. <laughs> Well, anybody out there who's looking to offload some Girl Scout cookies, you know exactly what you're in the market for. Enjoy. What's your answer before you leave? Uh, I do like a good Thin Mint, by the way. No, I like a good Thin Mint. I like a good Thin Mint. You're right there. Okay. Wow. All right. Thank you, Adam. Check back in a few. Uh, Elo, we transitioned there. A little talk about men's basketball. (laughs) A tale of two games. The highest of highs. The lowest of lows. How about that win over Texas and then that loss at Houston? It's a split. Hey, I don't know that most Knights fans would have had that happening, a split in these two games. No, I, you take it. If you would have said last week, hey, would you take a split on this trip? Absolutely. And to beat Texas, coming back from 16 down to beat them, and as we'll get into later, getting their coach to flip out was incredible. Uh, deal there and to get that win and by the way that win looks better because Texas beat Baylor over the weekend so that win's going to get better as the season goes on obviously Houston that's a rough one there Uh, that Houston defense there's a reason why they're number one in the country in points allowed and and field goal percentage allowed Uh, they held UCF to freezing conditions as far as shooting the ball but even with that their defense kept them somewhat respectable in that game I'm thrilled with the split you know, we talked about it in the BYU game. That was, what, 63-58, UCF with a 58-point output. And I said to you, I guess they got to hold a team to 57 in order to win. Well, that didn't hold up exactly, right? I mean, in order now to beat a Houston, I mean, they got to get a little more offense. So I'm encouraged by the defense we're seeing. We're almost a third of the way into the schedule. And defensively, uh, game in and game out in the very rough and tumble Big 12. And, boy, we talked a little bit about just the excitement of these games. I'm finding myself now checking out because these games, they're not blowouts in this league, right? They go to the wire. So even if you're just catching the last few minutes, you're going to get an exciting game uh, in the Big 12. 
Their defense keeps them in these games. If they could only get a little more offense, I'm not saying you win at Houston, but it takes the most abysmal of performances to lose that game. It was hard to watch for most of us, those that actually watched the game and chose not oh, to skip boy. it. Anyway, um, look, I just tipped my cap to Houston. There were two more physical. And I do – look, this offense is limited. I've said this. They're a streaky team. At times they look good. They got to get easy <laughs> baskets from help by their defense. I just don't think they're a great shooting team. And what Houston did with Shed and Cryer, their backcourt, they took Darius Johnson and Sellers out of their game by being physical with them. That's my concern moving forward. We saw this with BYU. They struggled. Their defense will give them a chance. But I don't know what I'm going to get from this offense on a nightly basis. You're going to need guys like Shamari Allen did against Texas when he scored 15 of his 17 points in the second half. Guys like that have to step up and contribute to help offensively. They do not have a guy. They don't have a B.J. Taylor. They certainly don't have a Jermaine Jermaine Taylor type of a player, even Aubrey Dawkins, who can get his own basket, in my opinion, and can carry you for 20, 25 points. You can't expect to come back double-digit and win. doesn't matter who the opponent. And on the road, you cannot dig yourself a deep hole. So they've got to start stronger on the road. Defense will keep them in games, though. Got to get off to better starts uh, there. Of course, UCF did beat Texas 77-71, which made national headlines, but not necessarily for the result. But what happened afterwards when Rodney Terry went off calling UCF classless for doing the horns down and all that. He apologized after Saturday's win against Baylor. Funny how that worked. Uh, Johnny Dawkins addressed it on Monday's media availability. He said he didn't know what the hoopla was all about. He just felt, hey, it's an emo- part of the emotions of the game. Trace, what do you make of all this? Do you accept Rodney Terry's apology? What, 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 what an interesting side because the whole nation did not side with Rodney Terry. They sided with UCF. Not only did they not side with Rodney Terry and Texas against UCF, but this has left a stain on them for the rest of this season. Now, they get wins like they did against Baylor, and that game will recede into the background, and, and people will forget less about it. But if they don't think they're not going to get taunted the rest of their run in the Big 12 and into the SEC, he has brought that up. Do I accept this apology? I don't know. I don't know. You know, If you were offended, never to me seems particularly sincere. I think he put himself in a negative light. UCF won the game, and they won the headlines. UCF won all the way around on that. And, and hopefully that Houston loss got buried on the weekend, and maybe maybe people didn't notice that one as much. The thing I don't get is, did Rodney Terry call Johnny Dawkins and apologize for his profanity? That he was not only in the handshake line, he's talking about how they're classless. He's yelling profanities as he's telling the players they're classless. What kind of an example is that? The Texas fans turned on him mm-hmm. for that. And, and, and he better be careful. I think there's pressure on him to win and get back to the tournament. Remember, he only got this job because Chris Beard was fired. This was not Texas's choice. If he doesn't make the tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas looks elsewhere. But I thought it was a complete overreaction. I hope he apologized. I don't buy his post-game apology. Apologize on a phone call in a player because he was a bad example, a terrible example. And I'm glad that the media, the basketball media in the nation, took it out on him. Rightfully so. And by the way, they beat Baylor. They ran all over the place, and he was jumping up and down. Where was the class there? Act like you've been there before, Coach. Anyway, uh, that was an interesting one there, Elo. Hey, how about our prop bets? I still hold a lead. We split last week. 
Uh, I went hard on saying Ithiel Horton would be held, uh, you know, under seven. You went, you went with the over. You got that win. But I pulled out for the one area that UCF was able to score at Houston. It was from the free throw line. And I went with the over on 68.8%. And I got that one. All right, a new set of prop bets, Elo. Knights back at home Tuesday against West Virginia. Over under 8,500 for a midweek crowd against a West Virginia team. I'm riding the wave over. Slightly over. First, we're going to have West Virginia fans. I'm sure I've made the plans to come down to Orlando. I'm going to expect a great crowd from the student section. Let's build on that momentum from what you drew against BYU, what you drew against Kansas. You did get a split. You beat Texas. Carry that momentum. I'm going to say slightly over. I don't know if it'll be as big as the BYU or clearly not as like Kansas, but I could see 8,800. Mm. I think when they did not sell out, hard sell out after that Kansas win, I think that Texas game seems like it's in the rearview mirror bit. I don't think West Virginia has quite the traveling fan base that a Kansas or even BYU. I will take the under then. On the weekend, Elo, how about this one? Knights turnovers over under 13 and a half at Cincinnati. They had the over against Houston. I'm going to go slightly over on this. On the road, Cincinnati, West Miller plays good ball pressure. This is a key stat. One of the reasons why we do this, folks, for prop bets is not only for our own amusement, but we pick out a key stat that could determine where the game, the direction of the game. And I think turnovers will be a key factor in the Cincinnati game. If it goes under that, I think UCF has a great chance to win on the road, but I'm going to say slightly over. I'm going to say they go 15 turn. So I say over. I think the uh, under is going to win at nights with a stronger performance. I don't know that they win at Cincinnati, but a stronger performance on the road. So give me the under in that one, Elo. That's well. We'll see how that goes. Uh, UCF will, of course, host West Virginia, then go to Cincinnati. The question is, Trace, do you have time to watch the game, actually? Will you be able to, or do you have to make other plans? I, I, I bring this up because on Saturday, as me and Adam and Trace were getting ready for this big game against Houston <laughs> after the win against Texas, and we're getting ready to chat about it and make our own some picks, we find out that Trace is not going to watch the game because he went to see Wicket, the play in New York, during the UCF game. The man that called out the fans for not selling out BYU went to a play over UCF basketball. <laughs> Defend yourself. <laughs> now that you framed it all like that. Hey, first of all, this trip was planned well in advance, visiting friends in New York City. January is a fairly inexpensive time to travel. It was just a weekend getaway. Going to see a Broadway play was a Friday plan, not a Saturday plan, but because of changing plans, it got moved to Saturday and showtime, same time as the basketball game. By the way, at intermission, I checked the score. UCF with 14 points at the half. Seemed I did not miss much, Elo. No, you didn't. Well, they were they didn't have the play to schedule like later that night. You couldn't pick another time. It had to be two o'clock or bust. There were a lot of other things going on. It was not the only thing I did visiting friends there. So it just ended up that it went head to head. But I, I don't feel like I missed much. And and I would just put in the defend myself category. I have watched UCF in a lot of places through the years. I, I have a, a free one, a free pass to play on a game like this, don't I? I mean, it's hard to call out people to come out to your games and then you skip out and watch them against Houston. Number I didn't skip a home game. Are you sure? You don't have plans? I mean, you know, there's plays going on in downtown Orlando. Are you not going to attend to that? I mean, skip the Cincinnati game? Um, how was the play? 
Hey, very good. I, I was pleasantly surprised first time I'd seen it and first time I'd seen something on Broadway. So pleasantly surprised. Uh, not missed many UCF games through the years, Elo, and uh, I, I will defend myself in uh, in that regard. But uh, thank you for calling it out. I appreciate you taking that moment to not run around the kingdom. All right. You mentioned uh, that West Virginia game. I have West Virginia as a loss for the Mountaineers. UCF with a win there. By the way, we in the draft trail the audience who gets the nine games as the collective, right, of the ones we didn't choose, you, Adam, and I. They got wins over Texas and Kansas. You've already got a loss. You got to win your next two just to tie the audience if they don't get another win. So this one's a big one for me because there'll be bragging rights against you and Adam. So I need this West Virginia. West Virginia coming off a big win as well. Maybe a little deflation for them on the road. Toss-up game. West Virginia beating Kansas at home. They've beaten Texas at home. So you're right. This is a big game for both sides. You know, UCF want to keep that momentum, get to 500 in league play. It's a huge swing game, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, everybody can go out and watch the game in attendance in person as well as on the streamings and don't make other plans like movies or anything like that. Hey, you know what else is coming up? Your favorite sport. That's right, baby. Are you ready for some softball, Trace? It's here. Softball's a couple weeks away from opening day, Trace. Are you fired up? I am fired up, Elo. What do you think, though? predicted fifth you know Oklahoma is going to be that top dog but uh fifth in their first year in the big 12 uh what does that mean if they were to finish fifth for postseason play well I think they would be an NCAA tournament team I think they would be in the mix to host we look at yes fifth place is low but look at the four teams ahead of them you got Oklahoma as the three-time defending national champions they're the favorites to go a four-peat for the national title they're the top favorites in the big 12 you got Texas who is a top five team, I think, in preseason this year. They're going to be in the mix to get to the World Series. Oklahoma State and Baylor are both top 16 teams that can get to Oklahoma City. So you, this is a stacked league. When you look at the Big 12, Trace, I think men's basketball and softball are the two toughest sports from a conference standpoint, and UCF will deal with that. So a fifth place is not nothing to be ashamed of. I think it actually will boost their resume to hosting and beyond and have a successful 2024 season for Coach Paul Malone in the Knights. Baseball, softball coming up soon, Elo. Looking forward to it. All right, let's bring back Adam. What we get right, what we get wrong, give us some knowledge. Here we go. Ted Roof has had 10 jobs since 2009. <laughs> UCF whoa, will be whoa, not ten just 10 stops. jobs, 10 no. since 2009. Since 2009, 10 stops, his longest <laughs> stop, Georgia Tech. 2013-2017 as a D coordinator. <laughs> you mentioned Ethan Barr, 219 career tackles. I like seeing that. You talked about Gus Malzahn. Don't forget, last season, his first ever losing season as a head coach. So we'll see how he uh, how he responds to that. Let's talk some billboards. Um, according to Blue Line Media, you can get a digital billboard in Orlando for four weeks for five thousand four hundred dollars. So that would be the that would be the cost of whatever that looks like. That right now, let's get some around the kingdom billboards around town. But but you cut you talk about things that are outdated. Do we still do bulletin boards? I always hear a lot of bulletin board material. I haven't seen a bulletin <laughs> board in a long time. Trace, I figured you know this since you're Mr. Broadway. What's the yeah. highest grossing Broadway show of all time? Cats. That's incorrect. The Lion King at one point oh. eight billion dollars. Well, that's got cats in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming in second is Wicked. So you went and saw the number two. Uh, you are essentially Broadway's Mr. USF. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that. This seems like quite the insult. All right, one more thing, Elo. Fear the frond. Did you know palms need every frond for their best nutritional uptake? Spring is the best season for trimming fronds, and many live longer than five years. Fear the frond. You have more knowledge than you ever thought you could get from around wow. the kingdom. Look for new wow. episodes midweek, every week. Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Drop in and the audio feed wherever you get your downloadable content. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eric Lopez. And thank you for watching Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.